I was actually just thinking about how amazing um, our church is, but in a different sense. I was thinking about, you know, and this is really just honoring the culture that my parents have built at this church. Um, because the, the really the amazing thing was is that, you know, Blake Healy comes, right? And he's amazing, okay? I get to spend time with him, and he's awesome. Uh, you know, Bill Johnson says he's like one of the foremost prophetic voices of, you know, in the, you know, whatever. Right now, speaking to our generation in North America, he's one of two that he would say really grasps the prophetic ministry. But you know one thing that I realized when he came here? He really, he felt like he just fit into our church. Didn't you notice that? Like, it wasn't like he came here and you're just like, oh my gosh, like my mind is being blown. Like he was amazing. And the stuff that he does and his insight into things is amazing. And his wisdom goes so much beyond what we saw. But when you watched him operate in the gift of what the Lord is doing in his life, you realize it really isn't that far off of what God is doing here. You know, I heard one of the VSR students say, I don't remember who it was, but they said we should have like a prophetic competition between us and Bethel, right? <laughs> that was Aaron. Yeah, that was Aaron. Right, yeah. That's right. That was Aaron. Yeah, okay. That seems like something Aaron would say. I should have guessed. Right. But, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying that for any other reason or whatever, but really what I'm saying is, is that we're, sometimes we can forget because we're in a smaller town. Sometimes we can forget that what God is doing here isn't necessarily common, right? That you have these people, or like, let's talk about Bethel Church just in general, and this is like this shining light in the middle of the world that people don't even understand how they're doing what they're doing, and they come here, and we feel like, you know, yeah, it's, it's just like a normal church service of what we kind of would expect to happen in one of our regular weekly church services, and, you know, as I was thinking about that this week and just like laughing about it with the Lord, it really is one of those things that I find, even in myself, is that I have to really keep like tabs on on the inside of me to remember that when God shows up here, this isn't just a common thing that's happening, that this is something special and that the presence that we are experiencing here is something to be honored. It's something that we need to cherish because I'll tell you something, there are a lot of other churches that don't even experience a thimbleful of what we experience in our pre-service prayer right? And, and, and listen, it's an amazing, because my parents have created an amazing culture here, but it's, it, what, we, what can happen to us sometimes is that we can become so familiar in the presence that we forget that God has shown up because he wants to change our lives, yeah, okay? He's shown up th this evening because there's things in your heart that you've been crying out for that God is ready and willing to give you the answer that you're looking for, there, the presence of God is here, which is evidence that God is here, which is evidence that everything that we would need, all of heaven is ready and waiting for the sons and daughters of God to stand in our authority and take the things that God has already given to us. God has done his part. And now when I come into this atmosphere, I pray it all the time, Lord, let my heart be awakened even to another degree of what you're doing that I don't ever want to become apathetic or become comfortable in your presence because I want to be always awed by you because when I'm awed by you, the expectation arises on the inside of me and as expectation arises on the inside of me, miracles begin to happen. And so, you know, I want to say like, thank you to my parents. Thank you to all of you for how you've sown so well into the promise and into the presence. But I just feel like the Lord is saying that 
just that, you know, that his, his love and his presence and his desire to show up, it, it's an unending stream. That it's not that we've come this far and, you know, now we've experienced a bit and now this is just our lot. But I tell you something, God will meet us at our level of hunger. He'll meet us and as much as we can expect from him. And my challenge, and I felt like the Lord challenged me this week, and my challenge to you, this is not my message actually, but my challenge, my pre-message challenge to you is that you would allow the Lord to stir your heart, to increase the expectation. Because I tell you something, as we continue to expect more and more from the Lord, God begins to show up more and more. And you know what that begins to look like? Revival. It begins to look like lives transformed. It begins to look like souls saved. It begins to look like miracles and signs and wonders. It begins to look like healing. What, and the, it, it all comes down to what? Lord, make me, make me expectant. Make me hungry. I want to be hungry. I never want to be able to be satisfied with what you're doing. Amen. So yeah, so I just wanted to I just bless you guys for just the amazing culture that you've created here where it's so easy and it's so open to flow in and to use the giftings that God has given to us. Because it's not very often. A lot of the times you go to churches, and as soon as pastors see a gifting, they do their very best to stifle it because they don't want to lose their job, right? But that's not here. I mean, I mean, if you see what my parents have done, is they will put as many people up here as they possibly can. And some people that I'm honestly looking at sometimes thinking, like, what are they thinking? Like, that person should not be up here. But they do it because they're so, their heart desires that each of us would continue to experience exactly and everything of what God has put on the inside of you. And so I just honor that, the culture that you've made. So amen. Praise the Lord. You guys are awesome. Yeah, amen. Um, so I have two words, and I'm going to go fast because I'm going to nail this timer. So I have two words. First word is for Fred. You can stand up. What's up, man? Hey. Okay. Um, so just as we were in worship, I was just asking the Lord just if there's anything that he wanted to say to people, um, and he did. And he just highlighted you, and as I looked at you, I saw your angel standing behind you, and he was wearing like a, like a really nice suit, like he was like a CEO. And he was standing behind you, and he was real professional. And then in my mind, like the, the, the kind of the picture continued, and I saw your angel all of a sudden like get taken up like really, really fast, as if like a building was coming out of the ground. And I saw him, and he was standing, looking out over a city, and he was in, like, the very top office, right, window office, so I knew that he was, like, the CEO of a big corporation, and he was just, like, very, you know, as I can imagine, like, people who have those kind of offices, they probably just, like, stand there like this all day, just, you know, <laughs> thinking about all the things that they're going to accomplish, and so I saw our agent, and he was just kind of staying there pensive, and I asked the Lord what it meant, and I felt like what the Lord said was that, um, just like a CEO the reason that they're a CEO is that they have a lot of experience in their field. I felt like what the Lord was showing me was that you have a, you've gone through a lot of experiences and there's a real solidification in your heart of, uh, of just the greatness of God and that you've watched the Lord walk you through situations. And I know very little about your story and even situations that like you would have probably said were impossible, right? Like there's no way that God could turn this around and you've watched it. And I felt like what I saw was like your angel has been carrying with him like a CEO, almost like your experiences were knowledge to your angel, right? That it, he, as you began to go through things with the Lord, it was like your angel was learning and growing. And, and I felt like as kind of the vision continued, really what I felt like the Lord was just wanted to challenge you with is that, is that you would begin to, you know, through that lens, begin to impart just this, uh, um, like, trust and, 
almost like the experiences that you've had with the Lord, that you'd begin to impart that into the next generation. That there is like a, there is a surety on the inside of you where you've seen God do the impossible. And it's, and it's almost like to the place where, and, and I, you, you have a great personality, and so like we like to laugh and have fun and whatever. But I, I feel like I could see you doing that. Like it's almost to be like, a, you know, God does something, and your response would be like, yeah, duh. Like almost like the impossible to you that God doing the impossible in your life is like something that you've come to expect. And I felt like what the Lord was just saying was, was that that's not a common trait in a lot of people, especially in the next generation that's coming up. And I thought it was beautifully in line with what my dad is teaching, is just that the, the doubt is so much more common in our world than trust. And I felt like the Lord was encouraging you that through the experiences and this inward confidence that you have towards the Lord, that there's an anointing there that God would, have, would love for you to begin to impart that into the, into the next generation. Does that, that make sense? Amen. Yes, amen. So just shut your hands toward him. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just bless, Lord, the giftings and the desire, the, the, the know-how, the understanding, the wisdom that you've placed on the inside of Fred. Lord, I know, I know that you desire to do amazing things. And Lord, I'm just hearing that, just whispering in the back of my head, that the best is yet to come, that you've seen nothing yet, that your, the belief that God has solidified on the inside of you is gonna continue to cause uh, just your future to be bright. And so Father, right now I'm asking that you'd give him divine appointments, divine intersections with people, that he would be able to impart this gift of trust, this gift of expectation that he has into the next generation. And so we bless him in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, next person is Melanie. Boom. Okay. She's ready. So, so I, I saw your angel, and it, she had on a pair of glasses, and she was sitting right beside you in a chair, and she had on a pair of glasses, and she kept, like, flipping her glasses, because, like, because I do that sometimes. Like, if I'm trying to... Th th this side. Yes. Because uh, I do that sometimes. Like, if I'm trying to read something, like, I'll, like, lift up my glasses like that, because it's easier for me to read not wearing my glasses. So I just kept watching her, and she kept doing this. And it was almost like as that happened in my mind, I, I saw the vision of what was happening. It was like I was able to see through her eyes. And it was like as, as she was reading, she had the word open and she was reading her Bible. And what I noticed was is that it was almost like the glasses gave her like, the, almost like they were microscopes. That it wasn't just like glasses, it was a microscope. And um, as I saw her and she was looking down, it was like I realized that there was something in the word. And then immediately, like the Holy Spirit said to me, it's like Horton Hears Who, right? And I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but like in the movie, there's this little like clover flower. And Horton, the, the, the main character in this cartoon, he hears and, and sees basically that there's a whole civilization living inside of this little flower. And as I saw your angel, she was staring, and it was like really, I could make it up very faintly. They kind of look like little cotton balls, like colorful cotton balls. So I don't know what they looked like. But I saw that, and I asked the Holy Spirit, like, what is this? Like, what does it mean? And I felt like what the Lord said is that as you begin to, and, and, and I'm not going to say begin to, as you continue to study the word, I felt like what the Lord said is that he's, in this season, he's anointing you with new eyes to see the word, but in a way that actually begins to bring life. Like, we talk about that, that the word is life and that the word brings life, but I feel like so few people actually experience the life that comes from the word. And I felt like what the Lord said is that, like, your, your angel is a representation of a season that you're in where you're going to begin to discover the life that's hidden in the word. 
And so just stretch your hands toward her. Heavenly Father, we just bless Melanie, Lord. We bless her on this new journey of what you're doing in her, God. We declare that you've given her eyes to see, ears to hear, God, on a heart that understands your secrets and those secret hidden things, Lord. Lead her, God, into those new civilizations of life that you would desire that she would discover, Lord, for herself, for her family, but Lord, also that, you would, that she would have that just an impartation of life that she would be able to give to people around her. And we bless her with that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yay. That's so cool. Okay. The Lord is cool. Um, so I heard a story uh, about a mother, and she invited some guests over for dinner. And when they all sat down for dinner, uh, she turned to her five-year-old daughter, and she asked the daughter if she would bless the food. Uh, and so the little, the daughter, you know, looked around the table, and she got really nervous because, you know, there were new people there. And she turned to her mom and said, Mom, I have no idea what to say. And the mom said to her, just say what mommy normally says. <laughs> so the little girl bowed her head and said, oh Lord, what did I invite these people over for dinner? <laughs> I heard another story about a pastor who decided that he was going to skip church one Sunday morning to go play golf. He called his assistant, uh, and made up a story and said that he was sick and he wasn't feeling well, and that was the reason why he wasn't able to church. And so he got in his car, packed up his golf clubs, and drove to another city so that he could go to the golf course and make sure that he didn't get found. <laughs> so he go, pulls up, everything is going good. He tees up, he gets to the first hole, and he, he hits the ball, and suddenly a gust of wind carries his ball an extra 150 yards down the fairway and, you know, plops on the green, plop, 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 gets a hole in one, a 420-yard hole in one. And the angel surprisingly looks at God and asks him, God, what would you do that for? And God smiled and replied, who's he going to tell? (laughs) 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 Okay. All right. Okay. Let's just pray. Um, amen. I got something really quick for you this morning. Um, I feel like what the Lord wants to do uh, a little bit, sorry, this evening. Uh, I feel like really what the Lord wants to do uh, this evening, more so than anything, is, is um, I'm just believing um, <clears throat> just for impartation. Um, because uh, the Lord has really been doing some amazing things in my own heart over the last, I don't know, probably since I got married, truthfully. Um, and, and it's really begun to kind of like culminate on the inside of me. And, and it was almost like, as I'm writing down my notes, it was almost like, I don't know if you ever had that feeling, but it was like, there was no words that could express adequately the, this emotion or this feeling of what God is bringing me into. Um, and so if you could just stretch out your hands, cause I'm just going to kind of do the best that I can and we're going to have fun and we're going to laugh. But I believe, I'm believing that while we're having fun and just enjoying ourselves, that God is going to impart into us. Um, and I asked the Lord what he wanted to tell us this morning. Um, I, I heard him, I don't know if you've seen the movie, uh, I think it's Happy Gilmore or The Waterboy, one of those ones. Uh, you know that one, that guy who's like, you can do it. You remember that guy? <laughs> okay, I think it was from The Waterboy, from The Waterboy. So and I'm like, okay, so that's it. And so I just felt like that. I felt like the Lord just wants to, yeah, it's weird. The Lord just really wants to impart just that, that knowing on the inside of you that you can do it. Um, 
So just Heavenly Father, we're just welcoming you just in this morning. Holy Spirit, just come. Just fill us up to overflow. Lord, our desire, God, is that we wouldn't, Lord, we're in the season, and you could feel it in the atmosphere, that we are, that this is not just another year. Yeah. But Lord, uh, we're, we're just asking, God, that you, you teach us, that you'd align us, that you'd set our hearts. God, we're asking for impartation this evening. Lord, just that we would come into a deeper understanding, Lord, of the depths uh, of your desire that we would prosper and that we would live, live in our promise, that we wouldn't just talk about it, but that we would experience it and live in it. So Father, this, this evening, I'm just asking that you'd anoint my words. Lord, anoint our laughter, anoint this time that we have together. I'm asking that we'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, you know, uh, I have a couple more jokes. Maybe I'll tell you them later. They're so good. They're so funny. Um, but I've, I've really been thinking about, you know, all this stuff. And really this message that my dad has been teaching, I, I want to encourage you, uh, sometimes he preaches long. And so we, sometimes you could zone out. <laughs> Not that I ever zone out. <laughs> okay? But no, what I want to say is this is that if you find yourself that you've gone through a message and you felt like, and you can be honest with yourself, you don't got to tell people that like, I just, I feel like I really didn't catch that. I really want to encourage you to get online or to buy the CD or something because this message, I'm telling you, it's literally like it's unlocking, um, like almost like the potential of, the, of faith and what it's doing. Um, it's literally like for the first time, because like I've had like, you know, emotional faith before. Like I remember this, like I remember when I was 16 uh, and I was literally just about to get my license and the MTO went on strike. Okay, this was like 10 years ago or whatever, 15. Oh God, it was a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> but I remember it was like the night before I was able to get my license and um, it was on strike, and I'm just like really hyping myself up in my bed, right? Because I'm like, he's gonna do it. He's gonna open it up, and he's, it's gonna happen, right? And I remember going into my mom's room, and I'm like, the MTO's gonna be off strike tomorrow. And then I woke up, and it wasn't. And I had to wait like three months to get my license. But I'm not talking about like hyped faith. What I'm talking about is that I'm beginning to see tangibly uh, that the things of faith that we've talked about for so many years that it's like this message is unlocking for us. It's, it's like it's the key that is, is breaking us free from living inside of this doubt. It's almost like we've been talking about faith for so long, and we got so good at faith, and it was, but it was, you know, we were like the horse in the corral, you know? Like everything is ready for us, and everything is set up, and we're there, and we're ready, and we're trained, and we're ready to go, but it's like we've just been stuck behind the door of doubt. And I feel like as, really like, as he's exposing what really, where God is and what God is doing is that this is coming alive on the inside of my heart, right? Like, I had, a, I had breakfast with a good friend of mine just the other day, and we were just talking about this, about how, like, it's almost like this message is awakening us to the, to, to the almost the reality about how doubt has been laced in everything that we've done. And when you listen to the message, it's, you realize how simple it is because I can label it now and I can, I understand what it looks like. It's so simple for me to just step outside of it. 
And it's literally like when we step outside of this thing of doubt, it's like what's happening on the inside of me. It's literally like, I can't even tell you. It's like things feel like they're blowing up in my brain in a totally good way because it's like I can finally see and I'm experiencing what it feels like to actually believe that God can do the things that he says he can do. You know, I, I've been thinking about this so much, and, and, and I've been talking to the interns about it, and it's just been in me for probably the last two months. You know, and it's so simple, but the scripture in Matthew 9, 26, where, the, where it says that with man, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You know, and sometimes this, it, it kind of like racks my brain because I like to do that. Like, I like to think of the most ridiculous things, okay? Like, right now, and this is not biblical, but right now, like, I'm totally convinced that there's, like, a heavenly language that I'm going to figure out how to speak, and when I learn how to speak this heavenly language, like, things are just going to happen, okay? I mean, this is, just, it sounds so weird, right? But I'm, but you know, and, and I feel like this, I feel like what the Lord is doing is he's challenging us to actually step into the realm where nothing is impossible. And, and, and honestly, like what it's doing on the inside of me is it's giving me back my ability to dream. Because I'll tell you something, if there's one thing I think that Christians lose so quickly, it's their desire to dream. Like, I feel like I've sat in, you know, if I could never sit in another meeting ever again where somebody comes to me and says, I, I just, I don't dream anymore. I can't tell you, like, I pray to God that that day ends. Because if there's something that, if there is nothing worse than Christianity, is it's people, you know, myself included in so many situations, where the devil has been able to trick us to make us feel like our dream isn't possible. And God has been so intensely challenging me with this. You know, Matthew 9, 26, right? With God, all things are possible. You know, all means all. Like that is, that's, like if you let your brain go down that way, like even just a little bit, like your brain kind of does like the, you know, like you ever seen like a robot when they're like malfunctioning, right? Because like it's, it's challenging because I realize all of a sudden that there actually are no limits, to my life. You know, it's like I feel like in the future, the closest representation that we have to what the potential of Christians is, is the movie Inception. It's a world where we actually have the ability to, because we believe, we have the ability now to create whatever it is that we desire to create. And that is, cha it's challenging. But I tell you something, this is, this is what my dad is talking about. That the kingdom doesn't come to just come into an area and start a church somewhere. It doesn't just come to, you know, you know maybe make us feel good or have a couple good worship services. The kingdom comes so that it can transform the world. We have been given and, and honestly, like, this is what this doubt thing is doing on the, in the inside of me. It's, it's, it's awakening on the inside of me the identity of who I really am. You know, it's like when my dad talks about that, it, that visual he gave us, I think it was like a couple Easter's ago, you know, about when Jesus, you know, he's, he's going to walk across the water. I'm just re-preaching all your messages in case you were going to wonder. <laughs> he talked about that. I think it, it, about not taking his cell phone out of his pocket. You remember that one? 
because I pay attention, right? I don't, I'm not one of those that doze off, okay? That's not what I am. But he was saying that, you know, Jesus is going, getting ready to walk across the water, and he's like, you know, walking along the dock and just steps out onto the water. You know, he made the joke and said he didn't even take his cell phone out of his pocket because he was so convinced that there was, there was nothing that was impossible for him. Like, if he needed to get to the other side, it didn't matter what natural obstacles stood in his way. It didn't matter what, you know, scientists told him about water and the density of water, and because, you know, we're more dense than water, that means that we can't float on it, and so we're going to sink. He didn't care. He wasn't bound by natural laws. I tell you something, you were never meant to live a natural day ever. You were never meant to be bound to these natural ways. In Genesis, it tells us very clearly that we were given authority, dominion, that we're called to subdue the world. That we are not slave to a world system, but we are master over that system. That we abide and we live in a higher realm. That my ability, my perception, the words that have been given to me from Scripture, the truth that I have, this thing supersedes natural abilities, natural logic, natural reason, that with man it may be impossible, but with God all things are possible. And so I began to do that, you know, because this is what I'm realizing, that I was born to conquer. I was born to be a champion. You know, they talk about that with Olivia. I heard the story for the first time just the other day about how they were like racing the mom in the other room, right? Because this is just what we do as McDonald's. We, we find ways to compete because we get bored, right? And so now poor Olivia is already getting roped into this thing. Rich Olivia, sorry. She's getting roped in. But they got this competition, you know, between Jess and this other mom of who could pop the baby out first, right? And so now Olivia won, of course. But now they tell Olivia, you know, you were born a winner, right? And you know what? Honestly, like it did something in me. The DNA of Jesus is what's in me. The blood, the life that flows through my veins was, that was a high price that Jesus paid in order to bring me into my true identity. I was born to overcome. I was born to win. I was born to succeed. I was born to get to my dream. I was born to not just hear about the promise, but I was born so that I could not only live in my promise, but bring other people into their promise. And living any less than that is living so far below what God has called you to do. Decades of doubt. But I feel like what he's doing on the inside of us, and maybe, you know, he knows, maybe he doesn't know, but it's almost like he's giving us a window into this potential, it's almost like this doorway that God is opening. In our year of great harvest, he's opening up for us even maybe just a moment for us to see it, to understand it, and to step into what does it actually feel like to live as a being that has no limits? What does it feel like 
You know, sometimes I think about that, you know, like as I'm walking my dog, you know? I'm thinking of the fact that like, you know, if anything was impossible right now, like I'd really like to be walking my dog in Hawaii. <laughs> right? And you know what? Some people, you laugh and it's funny, but I tell you something, the Lord is challenging me because Philip was translated. Right? But I tell you something, it's almost like, I feel like, you know, movies and things about like people with superpowers have made it seem like this is like impossible. Okay? But I'm telling you something, I was talking to my dad about this the other day. It's like I feel like these people who understood these things and who started making superheroes and, and people and beings that have like extraordinary powers is what they were just getting a glimpse into into the identity of who God made them. You are not created to be natural. You're, you're just not. It's why we all love superheroes. It's why we all dream about flying. Some of us. Everybody dreams of having some kind of superpower, maybe reading somebody's mind or something, I don't know. But we desire more, why? Because it's who we were created. And so as I began to ask the Lord, because I, I want to keep to my time, as I began to ask the Lord, I, I want to know this. I want to know, I want to be able to identify when I fall into doubt. Because that's what I want to know. I want to know what it looks like, what does it feel like when doubt is trying to creep in, so that at the first sign of doubt, I can be active so I don't shackle myself to doubt in areas. I want to get free, but not only do I want to get free, I want to stay free. I don't want to have this moment in time where I feel really good and I'm really excited about limitless possibilities, and then six months from now, because I don't know what to look out for, the devil shackles my feet back to the natural realm, and I destined now to just repeat the same. I want to stay free. I want to be free. I want to actually accomplish the things that God has destined me to accomplish. And so when I asked the Lord, he, the title of my message is called The Pit of Peas. The Pit of Peas. And so uh, we're going to talk about this, about a couple of peas. Not like eating peas, right? Like letter peas. The secret is not eating peas, okay? <laughs> I found it. I eat peas and now I don't doubt anymore. <laughs> no. Oh, man, if it was that easy. Lord, help us. Okay, uh, but I wanted to say this, because we're going to talk about the peas really quickly, but I have to have like a little caveat. And I want to say this, that the main killer of doubt, I tell you, you want to kill doubt? It's relationship with the Lord. I tell people this story all the time, especially people who want to get into ministry. I tell them, flat out, don't get into ministry unless you know that you know that you know that you know that you have heard from the Lord. Because this is what happens, I think, to a lot of people in their journey of faith is that they aren't convinced that they've heard from the Lord. And so all the enemy has to do is come to them and say, you didn't hear from the Lord. And immediately they fall into a place of doubt. Okay. 
that's why when Blake came here, I feel like, you know, it was kind of like, why is he talking about relationship all the time? Why does he just keep talking to us about relationship with the Lord? Like, what is so important about this? Like, give us some more prophetic words, man. Like, I don't want to hear about this. I know about this. I feel like what Blake was doing was coming and giving us a secret, a key to how to not doubt. And it is, you need to talk to the Lord every single day. You need to get so familiar with how his voice sounds that when he calls you to step out or calls you to step into something, I'm so convinced that God spoke this to me that it doesn't matter what the situation looks like. It doesn't matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter whether it works out or it doesn't work out. I'm so convinced that this is God that I physically cannot doubt. I know that 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 the God of heaven spoke this secret to me, that he told me exactly what to do, and now it doesn't matter how anything looks. I cannot doubt. I think the main area where the enemy is able to get in is that a lot of people don't understand what the voice of the Lord sounds like. They don't actually know, did he speak or didn't he speak? I mean, I had a pretty good feeling about it. Or I hear people say this all the time. I didn't get any red flags. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's good. But there's a little more to it than that, right? Okay? It's not like I just know what not to do, but I need to know what to do, right? But this is the thing I tell you. This is what the New Testament is all about. The gift of the New Testament is that we can have relationship with heaven, I can have relationship with the Holy Spirit. I get to have relationship with God who literally knows how to do and how to succeed in everything. Everything. So that's my caveat. Nothing takes the place of relationship. You wanna know how to get it a doubt? Learn how to hear the voice of the Lord. Then when I speak it and I know it and I see it and I trust his nature because I know him, all he has to do is say one word to me, and that's all that I need. That's all I need. I don't need to, dancing or parties. I don't need angels to come into the room. I just need a word. Because when I hear a word, I know that I can count on that word. Okay? So the four Ps. Four Ps. P number one. Okay, these, actually, I've got to tell you what these Ps are for. They're not for eating, like I said. These Ps are for doing. The four Ps are how, in my mind, because we all know we doubt in our minds. Okay, you do. We doubt in our heads. It's the negative thoughts that come that are contrary to the word of God. Okay? It's in your brain. Point to your head. Okay? Say, my mind is blessed. Amen. You say that all the time. My mind is blessed. I say that. I have the mind of a billionaire. thoughts that go through this head, this is how billionaires think. I tell myself all the time, I have a photogenic memory. I remember everything that I see, that my brain captures information and knowledge. There's nothing that I don't know. Photographic? Did I say photogenic? <laughs> yeah, my mind is. <laughs> That's why it's not working in there. I'm getting real photogenic, though. <laughs> okay. But it's thing. Yeah, I know. But that's the thing, right? You got to talk to yourself. Right? Shoot, folks. Shoot. All right. Okay. Uh, that's it. You got to talk to yourself. You got to. Why? Because I, I'm telling my. Oh, man. 
I wish I had more time. There's so much. There's secrets, I'm telling you, out there. You know, I, I was thinking about this, right? Because I, I'm on this quest, right? Especially in my brain, okay? Because, like, I'm believing in this. Like, I, like, there are some people that have superhuman brains. And they do things at a level that even shock me. And I'm going for this. And the other day, we're sitting in the back room, and we're listening to a song, and Jess was like, oh, I don't like this song because of this lyric. That's basically, it says something like, we'll never comprehend how much you love us. And, and I'm thinking, like, this is right, because, like, God is, he's, he's huge. Like, how could I ever, in my limited brain, understand how big God is? And then she said to me, well, what about the scripture that says that I would comprehend, that I would know the length, the width, the depth, the breadth of the love that you have of who you are. I started to think about that, man. I'm thinking, you know what that means? God is infinite, and he's limitless. Like, for all of eternity, we will continue to see, I'm taking you deep, folks. This is, they're coming into my brain with me. My photogenic, photographic, whatever I said, my fantastic brain is taking you. So God is infinite. He's never ending. But the scripture says that I can comprehend, I can fully understand the entirety of who he is. You know what it tells me? We're talking about that the other day, how much your brain can remember. You know, is it like six million years? You know, it's something like that. I'm on this thing now where it's like, our, that must mean that my brain is limitless. If I can comprehend the length, the depth, the breadth, if I can comprehend the fullness of God and his, the intensity of his burning love for me, that's an infinite amount of information. I tell you something, when the devil tells you you're dumb, that's it. Right? I have the mind of Christ. That's why when the enemy tries to lie to you in your brain, you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to poison your brain. That's what he's trying to do. When he lies to you and tries to get you to doubt, he's trying to poison your mind. Why? Because there's, there's limitless potential in here. We've been given the ability to create. It's who we are. So how do we stay out of doubt? Four Ps. What do I look for? We're back to here. The pot of peas. We're back here, Okay and I'm closing right now. Okay, so these are the things to look out for, or these are markers in my life. It's not all of them. These are just four that I've written down, but I think they cover a very broad category of what am I looking for that can identify that I'm experiencing doubt in my life, okay? Number one is pessimism, okay? Somebody who's pessimistic, this is how you know them. Their assessment of life is always negative, okay? In every situation, they see what's wrong with it rather than what's right with it. Their, their conclusion that they draw in every situation is that they see the negative rather than they see the positive. That's why people say, people who are pessimistic, they see the glass half empty. That our, my assessment of life and my life is that I see the negative. I see what's missing. I see what's wrong. I see what needs to happen. I see where I want to be, okay? I'm constantly living, and all that I'm seeing are the negatives, okay? We, and, and the thing is, is that pe- when we're operating in pessimism, the problem is, is that we live our life focused on the negatives. I'm not focusing on what God is doing. I'm not focusing on what God has done. I'm focusing on what's missing, 
And when I focus on negativity, what it does is it creates doubt. When I see where I want to be or where I wish I was, and then I see where I am right now, what happens? Doubt. When I look at the bill and I see my bank account and my assessment is, well, guess I'm never going to pay it off. What happens? What? Doubt. Doubt into our mind. So P number one is pessimism. It's also, we could call it realism. Okay? People who say they are realists. Okay? People who are realists, they just don't like the term pessimist. And so they've adopted, <laughs> I'm a realist. And ultimately, all a realist person is, is they call the situation how they see it. Faith is, I call the situation how I want it to be. Okay? So realism is just pessimism. But I'm just calling it like I see it. But no, I got to call it how I want it. Okay? P number two is passivity. Okay? I'm looking for this when I'm passive where there's no aggressive desire to move forward into the new things that God is doing, okay? This, I notice it, uh, in myself it, at times in the past. I notice this in a lot of people. This is a main area when you know that doubt has happened in your life is you kind of get comfortable being just where you are. Things are good, you know, I'm comfortable, you know, I don't want to be challenged, I'm not going to do anything different. This is what I've done. I'm comfortable, and it's, I'm just going to sit here. Don't bug me. You know, I've gone this far. It's going to, and what? So now I'm just sitting back. If God wants to do something, he knows where to find me, (laughs) sitting right here. Okay? That's somebody who's passive, right? Where there's no desire, there's not a burning passion to aggressively move into new and unknown areas in God. I tell you, your promise right now exists in the unknown. It doesn't live in the realm of comfort or the known. Faith is born in the impossible. Your dream lives there right now. And we can't sit idly by waiting for it. No, I have to aggressively go after it. I have to aggressively change what's on the inside. I have to aggressively go after knowledge and understanding and faith. I have to aggressively go after areas of deception or darkness on the inside of me. Because that's how I move forward. Okay? Number three is panic. Okay? This one's pretty obvious. Okay? Panic is, I'm afraid. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm afraid that whatever is going to happen is going to be bad. Okay? Doubt. Fear, worry, anxiety, nervousness. Okay? All signs of doubt. But I tell you something, the antidote to doubt is easy. It's the word. But I use the word. When the enemy tries to come and get me to panic, I don't panic. I just use the word. You know, I'm doing some new things in my life right now, and the enemy tries to, you know, come at me and start lying to me. You know, that's, is, that, is that the best financial decision of what you could do? 
I'm not going to panic. I got the word. I know what the word says. But you said you'll supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. You get that letter from the hospital or you get the phone call. You know, you need to call us immediately. Ah, don't panic. Why? First Peter 2.24, by his stripes 2,000 years ago, you were healed. We have no reason to panic. We have no reason to fear or worry or have anxiety. Why? Because the word, the word is your answer. It has everything that you need. And number three, four, four sorry, four. Number four is pity. Pity sounds like I'm powerless to change my situation. My situation is stronger than me. It is the overcomer, and I am the overcome. <laughs> okay? They shouldn't call it a pity party because that sounds like it's fun. Okay? It's not a party. It's a bad party. Okay? Pity makes you feel, want to feel like you're a victim. Makes you want to feel like you, you don't have the power to change. Pity wants to blame other people for where you are. It wants to put the responsibility for your life in somebody else's lap. It looks for all the reasons why rather than pulling yourself up. You see, we were born, we were born to do this. You were born to win. Like, I know that I say that all the time. But just close your eyes. Just put your hands on your head. And just say that. I was born to win. Just say it again. Just say, I have the mind of Christ. say that nothing is impossible. Just say, say, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, and I have everything I need. So Heavenly Father, I'm just declaring right now, Lord, that we're coming through. No, I'm saying it. We are through. We're through. We're through with the doubt. We're through with the fear. We're through with the worry or the anxiety. We're through with the bad memories. We're through with the past failures. We're through with all the bad stuff that's happened. We're through with all the times we've been embarrassed or ashamed. We're through, we're through, we're through. And now we declare we're coming into our promise. We're coming into the promise. We're coming into the promise because we are the overcomers. We are the ones who have been chosen. We are the sons and daughters of God. And we boldly declare that nothing is impossible in Jesus' name. Amen. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says faith without corresponding action does not produce the results that we need. So I saw this picture when Pastor Alex was ministering, and I feel like it's, it's putting the cherry on the cake of this amazing 
this amazing word from the Lord tonight. This was not just a good message. It was a prophetic message from the heart of God to carry us where we need to be in the name of Jesus. And I, what I saw was, and, and he, he said it, we, we grab, we started the evening with it, we're, we're sealing it tonight in the name of Jesus. You, you take a piece of paper and you write in the name of Jesus that thing that you are maybe one of those four Ps and literally grab it. Maybe, you know, maybe that scares some of us, but we're not afraid in the name of Jesus. And what I see is I see this prophetic act that says, I'm through. I'm, I'm through with you. I'm walking away from that thing in the name of Jesus. And as you walk away, you declare in Jesus' name what it is that you're receiving in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.